2: The Talksport fan network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is you win, order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that order in today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: This podcast is part of the
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: This is Lester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube
0: 7, six, five, 4, 3, 2, 1. And it's live.
2: Good evening, fellow Fox fans. How the devil are we? Well, that was it. That's it. The season's over. <laughs> it seemed to go quicker than a that's up a drain pipe. I tell you, I have I've never known a season go so uh, so quickly before in my life. We've got a special on this evening. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Good evening to you all. You can catch us live on YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV. Please give that. Um, Little subscribe button a click, we'd be very, very grateful. Uh, we're live on Facebook, Lester till I die, the group. And if, like Miss Melina, you live in the Twitter sphere, it's at Leicester T I D. Uh Melina, do you ever ever go to sleep? Good evening to you. Uh, it's glad to have you back. Glad it all went well in hospital and you're back with us safe. It's uh it's nice to nice to have you with us. As Andy Medhurst says roll on next season In, <laughs> i can't wait i'm bored already and i tell you what the euros ain't going to do it for me but i tell you what does do it for me <laughs> Wasn't it just hairs on the back of my neck still go up now? I still can't believe it. Got a couple of guests. we'll We'll bring them straight in. Let's not hang about. You know the wise old sage. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, everybody. Does that get the hairs on the back of your neck? Not, no, I've got any hairs on the top of my head to go up, but the hairs on the back of my neck do when I listen well, to that.
1: does it for you? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant uh, introducing me on the channel. Um, no, that doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, um, reliving that goal, yes, definitely, and I, and I think it will do forevermore. more. Oh, uh, um, I, bet, I bet. I tell you what.
2: How many times have you watched it on YouTube? Um, ninety-three, <laughs> and counting. I'm keeping count. No, no, ninety-three. That's like uh, Julian Watts's golf score, isn't it, for a <laughs> round? And I tell you what, we've managed. We've managed to drag him out of uh, the, the, the 19th hole <laughs> We're gonna say, good evening, Julian. Evening, Chris. Evening,
1: Craig. you, Julian. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. What was the score today? No, no. I, I had to have the day off because of this show. So I have actually just been to the pub to the talk about golf, actually. So, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to see you got your priorities right, Julian. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: We'll have to have a Leicester Till I Die golf day sometime. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, that'd be great. I can I can swing a bat myself, but uh, maybe not to your level, Julian.
2: <laughs> no, can I just say, if we're playing crazy golf, I might take you up on that. <laughs> but if it's, if it's normal golf, I can't just say with my eyes, I'm lucky if I can see the ball when it goes six foot in front of me, let alone any any right. further. We always need a
1: caddy, Chris
2: yes <laughs> well if I could get that caddy that could play for me, I'd be happy <laughs> David good evening how are you um and we're gonna say good evening to uh stephen uh island and oh, I'm not sure what that's and to Canada. Go okay uh you might have to explain that one and uh as uh, andy says a goal worthy of winning a final it certainly was And we may we may be coming back onto that later because you know me never like to let a good story rest but uh it is a season review we've got a few things to go through so let, let, let's kick it off and say it's not a bad season um in in the great scheme of things european football for the second season running Fifth place finish for the second season running, and FA Cup winners. You'd have taken that at the start of the season, wouldn't you, Craig?
1: Oh, definitely. And I, and I think any any realistic Leicester City fan would. I think it's only the way that the the season panned out that that it makes it tinged with disappointment. But when when you look at where we've been to. The aim was always to be in and around the European spots, and we've done that back-to-back two seasons running now, and we've got an FA Cup uh, to put in the trophy cabinet as well. We'd have all taken that at the start of the season, and it shows how far we've progressed.
2: Yes. Um Andy says here, not bad, but it should have been better. And I don't know if we should welcome this lady in because she's a Spurs fan, <laughs> but I guess, you know. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah in in the sense of peace and welcoming, hello TM and Hi. hello to David S as well. Julian should it have been better or you know were we punching above our weight for most
0: of the season? Uh I don't think either it's just where we are and it's just how the season uh you know turned out in the end. I mean if we look at the closest <laughs> results to the end of the season you look at the Newcastle and obviously Spurs on the final day but I mean I'm sure we can go back uh, and we can look at a lot of games where maybe yeah. we got away with one and nicked something that we shouldn't have won and made you know maybe uh, we, you know we left a few points behind somewhere. So you know I see a lot of comments on social media and I, I was asked the week before the cup final would I take the cup final and fifth or lose the cup final and finish fourth and I'd be absolutely delighted with what what we've actually done. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's just the expectations of people now, which isn't a bad thing. It's nice that fans have got the expectations that we should be doing, you know, getting into the Champions League. And, and you know, maybe we yep. think that we've altered. But I think it's far too easy, because one of the words I really don't like that I've seen in the social media is that we bottled it. We, we didn't bottle it at all. It was just the way the results went. We, we lost to a very good um, Tottenham team. And obviously, I think the Newcastle, you know, uh, performance and result was disappointing for me. But, uh, you know, personally, it's been another fantastic season. Uh, There's another, you know, leap in progression from what we've achieved Mm -hmm. before. And every Leicester fan should be proud of the team and and, and the club as a whole uh, and look forward to next season with great optimism.
2: Like you said there, Julian, and coming on to you, Craig, the question Mm -hmm. I'm asking there, did we bottle it? I mean, I don't think we did, but it's a question that is going around media. I've seen... A few fans saying that 242 days there we were in the top mm-hmm. four, the only team that was in the top four all season, and uh you know, for two seasons running it was their last. I mean, you know, we were actually top at one point, but you know, it, it's we are Leicester City. We you know, like Julian said then, Craig, you know, some of the mm-hmm. points we've thrown away, but then you could also look at some of the points we gained, like you know, had we played Manchester City a month later, we probably wouldn't mm. have beaten them 5-2. <laughs> so exactly. Julian made the good point there, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, if, if you looked at some of the results we didn't expect to get versus some of the points we've dropped and you you switched them around, mm. we'd be about where you would hope for us to be. You know, it was only the fact that we we hung around for a long time that, that makes it disappointing. The biggest disappointment, and I, and I would say the only, I, I don't think we bottled it. Let me put that straight out there. I think in the end, injuries and the depth of squad sort of caught up with us a little bit towards the end of the season. You know, when you looked at the the the, the benches that we, that we had against Spurs, for instance, and Chelsea, you know, it, it's another... They don't compare. The only criticism I would say is that it was really disappointing to be within 15 minutes of getting that spot and not being able to close out that game. Now, I know it was a... It was an unfortunate error from uh, from Schmeichel to punch that one in. I, I, it didn't. It wasn't a punch, to be honest. It was a, you know, it was it was unfortunate. But I just think you know it's one of the few questions that you may be able to pose to uh, uh, a question mark over Brendan in terms of seeing out particular games. You know, in 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 terms of keeping them a bit tighter, we we could have thrown that away against Chelsea, albeit a very very good team. But I think it was disappointed to get within fifteen minutes and not just play a little bit tighter and I know a couple of the subs he made you know taking Madison off for me I thought was a bit of an error there because the thing is it's all right trying to hang on to a lead but if you if you don't have anything going forward and you you remove the threat then you just invite the pressure so you know, but that would that would be the only thing for me. Over the season, I don't think we bottled it. We just got caught out with the the, the depth of squad and the injuries.
2: Julian, though, we didn't... You don't lose, a, you know, anything on the last, you know, one game. It's a 38-game season. And, you know, they always say, don't they, the, the table doesn't lie. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got... um David here saying and I, and I, and I agree with him, uh think injury cost us, mm. I, uh you know, when you look back at the start of the season, you know Christian Fuchs, who's leaving the club, I mean you know he he'd played more games this season than he's played in the past three altogether um, you know it, it it's I think we forget how well we were doing at the start. Mm. When that was probably due in the period when we 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 uh we probably should have crumbled.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean if you look at the, the the other sides, Man United, Man City and Chelsea certainly I think could put two separate elevens out that could compete in mm. the Premier League. We certainly can't. And so then on top of that with the injuries sustained, I think we've done remarkably well. I mean, we mm. really have. I don't like to say overachieve because we're such a. I think we're a big club now, uh, so maybe that would be doing the lads down a little bit. But we, we've performed to such a level with everything that we've had to cope with this season. You know, I, I've really just come out of this so so positive. I don't don't care about you know the Champions League spot. Are we going to win mm. the Champions League next year? Realistically, not. We might have a good chance at having a good run in the Europa League, and that might be something that yeah. you know we benefit as we keep building season after season after season that might just be the thing that we do need to, to build upon. And, mm-hmm. you know, could we go and win that? That'd be an excellent target that isn't unachievable. It'd be a great mm-hmm. ask for the squad and the manager and the players, mm-hmm. but you you, you, can say, you could actually say we have got a chance of doing that. So, for me, you know, it, it was disappointing on the last day. You, see, you know, see the goals going in and the other results and the fact that Chelsea got beaten, you know, if we'd have got the right result, but... You've got to look at the entire picture of the club, not just the season. And where mm-hmm. we're sitting now, it's, it's absolutely a fantastic place that supporters couldn't have dreamed of 10 years ago. So I think we should just be, be thankful for everything that's happened mm-hmm. in our recent history and just look to push yeah. forward with a lot of positivity.
2: Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Julian, because I can I can blame you as much as me because of what I was. I'm going to say. Because I actually... Yes, don't get me wrong. I was, you know, when we were 1-0 up and 2-0 up and Chelsea were losing, I was running around the room as much as anybody thinking, yes, Champions League. Before the game, I was happy with the Europa League and afterwards when, you know, all my emotions had settled. um, I kind of agree with you, Julian, is the fact that another season in the Europa League wouldn't do us any harm at all. And I think the Champions League and I don't know if you agree with both me and Julian here, Craig, the Champions League, whilst it would have been nice to go in, we've got a young squad, if we hadn't got this, the look of the draw that we had last time we were in it and we got you know a yeah. group of death and we got our asses whipped every week, it could be the killing of some of the players. So maybe the Europa League is better for us this season, gives us a chance to build on the squad, gives them all yeah. another... A, a, a pop at Europe, which is a completely different game, as we know to, to to the Premier League, and then maybe have a real go for the the Premier League next season. Uh, sorry, the Premier no, League, I, the Champions
1: League. Yeah. Sorry, no, I I I do agree. Um, the Europa League is our level, to be honest. If you if you mm. look at the squad we've got, you know that is our level. We're not a we're not a Champions League top two team, even though we got through last time. You would probably all agree that we got probably the easiest group in the champions league we were seeded we're not going to be we wouldn't be seeded this time so we were going to pull some of the bigger boys um and you're right it, it could have knocked us back a little bit i think the only bit where it comes in a little bit is the ability to to hang on to the players that we've got and maybe attract one or two extra but in terms of the what they're trying to build buy into and and the progress of the club it probably suits us better. Um the 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 um the profile of the player that we go for in terms of their their price point isn't probably Champions League ready players yet anyway. So it does give us a chance to to build. And I think in the overall scheme of where we wanted to be and the progress, you know, we're probably still even now overachieving. You know, I think most people would have taken a mid-table position if you could throw in the FA Cup. So to be in U- Europe for two seasons running that is what we want to be doing you know you're not always going to get in the top 4 but you want to be in the in the shake up and we've been in the shake up for the last 2 years so yeah it's a yeah. positive isn't it
2: melina thank you for liking my shirt that's just to remind you that we win that we did win the fa cup melina as you all know is an arsenal fan and she claims that I'm kind of always reminding her that we've won the fa cup this year i don't know don't know where she gets that idea from i have to be honest with you but you know yes mm. melina There we go. Um, Julian, Andy says that I think we had players who didn't step up when needed. Um, Would would you agree with that? I would struggle with that.
0: Yeah, I would. I mean, looking at the last few games, I mean, you know, one that really did stick out for me, which maybe not a surprise is still young was uh, Kalichi in the final. thought he had a really Mm -hmm. poor game and, you know, it just didn't work for him and, the things he tried didn't come off. He didn't look after the ball well enough. And that might be nerves of a, of a, of a big day. You, you know, you never know. Yeah. It, it is a big day for for any young player. So, yeah. uh, but as it comes to in, in, in general in the games, you know, it's Premier League's the Premier League. It, it's such a, a difficult sort of league to play in. Man City have dropped a few points here and there, even though they've had a fantastic mm-hmm. season at places they wouldn't expect to. And, and we've just done the same and we've just dropped a few more, if I'm honest. So uh, I think, We've got a really good squad. I think we do need some additions to it. But I think, you know, the future looks great with the, you know, the youth of, you know, Luke Thomas has played in Europe, played in the final. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't look out of place for me. I've, I've been singing his praises all season long and he's nowhere near the finished article, but he's certainly a fantastic prospect. Fafana, you know, say no more. Tielemann's only 23, player, player of the Year. There's so many positives in that squad. Mm-hmm. It just needs, and, you know, the disappointment would be if we didn't add to it, because I think every big club will add to their squad. However good we think they are, there will be additions to the big club squads. And then that would could be where, if we don't do that, where we could possibly uh, sort of get left behind a little bit. So, you know, hopefully uh, as the season's gone by, you know, they've been uh, looking at the targets uh, and, and improving in areas that we need to improve in. Craig, it's unforgiving the Premier League, isn't it? That's the word.
1: Well, it, it is, you know, um, it's it's a long season anyway, and for it to be condensed uh, this season, it seemed to be, you know, game after game after game, and uh, and no yeah. let up, no, yeah. you know, even even when there was uh, European breaks, I think you know we we were still tending to our wall wounds, um, so we've not we've not had a break, I think, uh, you know, and on the back of the end of last season again you know people talked about would there be a hangover um from last season in the way that we finished and i think you touched on it um chris that in those early weeks where we were really struggling with uh, with some of the injuries we did fantastically well to maintain our position and mm-hmm. um and it is and i think it's just it's just showed the fact that not only is the, is the squad thin I'll throw this in as well, and it's maybe that we'll, something we'll come back to later on when you're talking about what's next for Brendan, is that there's clearly players in that squad that he doesn't fancy or he doesn't trust, um, and I think that's added to it as well, that he's he's got a bench of players that I'm not convinced that he trusts to put on the field, so that makes your squad even thinner. That's true.
2: That's true, and can I just say, Craig? It's so nice the fact that every week you're in a little different position. I'm actually gotten in my mind this. I know how your house is laid out because I'm seeing a different picture every time. So it's a different room and a different view. And no, I won't mention the flower that's going out of uh, out of Julian's head. (laughs) (laughs) The hairpiece. No. Boom! 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 (laughs) Boom! You throw me now, Julian. <laughs> Where do I go now? Oh yes, we're back in it. We were in it last year, the Europa League. Um, Julian, disappointing, or did we you know we got only got you know we got through the group and then got ta- knocked out in the next round of thirty two? Could we have done? Should we have done better?
0: Yeah, personally, I looked at that game and I thought it was a very very winnable, you know, two leg game and. I don't think they really offered anything that uh, we couldn't cope with. Uh, it was more like they ground us down, if I'm honest. And even yeah. felt after the first leg when we came home, I thought, you know, lessons learned. We're, you know, we, we, we can really have a look at what we did in the first leg, what we didn't do well, what we can do better. And I really, really fancied us in the second leg. And I, I was so surprised at, you know, the performance and the manner in, in, in which we lost in. But a, again, that's the probably the experience that we need to come up against a team like that and, and not get through when I think, you know, the whole club manager and coaches included and players would have expected us to, to, you know, progress from that point. So that'd be something, um, you know, next season where we may come up against something similar and really make sure that we're putting those extra yards in, in the work and the analysis of, of the opponents uh, and what I mean, and just knowing that, you know, the champions leagues are the premier leagues are, and you know, the Europa league, yeah. the, the, there are no easy games in it, you know, and when you get down to the last, uh, 32 in particular and um, hopefully this season again w- we talk about progression that you know can we do a little bit better this year and as fans we should be happier if we can
2: mm. Craig I don't know if you know um, Oh, um Craig's gone <laughs> I'll carry on with you I, <laughs> I, I don't know I didn't, I've got an ejector button here that I can press <laughs> and it sends people out the chat I mean if you fail in the Champions League you can um, get down to, you know, you drop into the Europa League. I don't know if it's um, the fact that if you do well badly in the Europa League, you drop down into the Europa Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I'm still not 100% what this Europa, Europa, you can't even get my teeth in Europa Conference is.
0: No. I mean, the, the thing with the Champions League and when they drop out of that stage and they come into the Europa League, I, I don't really quite uh, agree with that because. You know, they failed in one competition and then they just got given a parachute. And it sort of alludes a bit to the elitism of the, the European League that was, you know, mm. presented to us, you know, the other month. Why should they have another bite at a different cherry when they've they failed at the first hurdle yeah. in that? And I, I just think the Europa League should be a totally separate competition. I love the fact that if you win it, you, you know, you qualify for the Champions League. But I, I really don't appreciate that you, you know, if you do badly in a competition, you're actually rewarded by entering another competition, which you've probably got every chance of winning. I think it's really yes. unfair on the teams who've, you know, originally uh, qualified for the Europa League.
2: I think the fact that, you know, one of the finalists in there, I'm not sure about the other one, but certainly one of the finalists, as in Man United, were a dropout from the Champions League. Welcome back, Craig. hope you had a good toilet break. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it was lovely, thanks. <laughs> we're still on the Europa League. Um, we came top of the group, though, albeit on a sort of goal difference. But you know, you couldn't ask any more at that point, could you? We had a we had a good run in the in, in
1: the uh, in the league part. No, I thought we were we were looked impressive, to be honest. <laughs> Itm, yeah. yeah, I thought I thought we we looked impressive, you know, and uh, I think that made it all the more disappointing when we uh, were were poor against Slavia Prague. I think by that time, particularly in the second leg. I think Brendan may have been having to pick and choose a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of his team selections and where his priorities were. Um, seeing as how well we were doing in the league, we were still progressing in the FA Cup. I think at that point it became a little bit difficult for him, but it was disappointing. and It was disappointing in the manner I think that we went out. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Julian in terms of, of um, Champions League uh, teams getting a second bite at the cherry, you know. I don't think, I don't think that happens in anything else. And uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if uh, if the champions or the Europa League dropouts get to go in the Conference League. Um, I, that was well, the I question we asked. Well, works, yeah,
2: we asked that question while you're on the toilet, but we don't, we're not sure. We don't <laughs> know if anybody can can check or not. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like I say. We've got, we you know, we've got to think it's progression every year, isn't it? And maybe this year we'll get past. I mean, Brendan's got that. Um, Julian, you know, he, he's never got past the round of thirty-two in Europe in any competition. So, you know, he's got that stigma to get over. But you know, he got over it with the FA
0: Cup, <laughs> taking us and and winning that. Yeah, and that you know that's got to be his first target. Let's get you know, let's get mm. to the sixteen and you know, if we can do that, that's a great, you know, achievement for for himself. Um, Mm. You know, if if next season we finish seventh and we're not in European football, then we can sort of pick the bones out of the season and say, yeah, do you know what? That is a bit disappointing because of where we've been in the last few seasons. But, you know, going back to our position right now, I think we're in a fantastic position. I'm frustrated with the fans who don't agree, you know, like I say, would we have taken this five, six years ago? Of course we would. You know, this is this is a fantastic position to be in. The club is in such good stead. I know that you know a lot of other clubs will be looking at us with jealousy of the way that our owners conduct ourselves. In you know, retrospect of what you know ju- what's just uh, happened recently, uh, the way they look after the club, the fans, and the players. And I'm sure Tottenham. Arsenal and Everton, to name three clubs, would absolutely swap anything to be in our position right now. And they're not, you know, Everton, while we might not consider them, they are a big club historically, but they've got, you know, their managers, Carlo Ancelotti, they brought him in for a reason. He's going to transform that club, bring players in, and he has got that pulling power to bring players in. they And he's spent the money, hasn't he, as well? He has spent money, exactly, he has spent yeah. money. Tottenham, well, the frightening cost of their squad. And then then Arsenal, I know they're going through a bit of a transition. And, you know, Tottenham have sacked the manager. Arsenal have taken Arteta. I do hope they stick by him because, you know, I know Pep speaks highly of him and he seems like a good young coach. But this is going to be a really important season for him. Uh, And yet, we're we're fifth with an FA Cup win and European football guaranteed. So for me, absolutely amazing position. I think everyone at the club should be proud. We've absolutely smashed it. Uh, Let's not look behind us, let's look ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I don't know if uh, Miss Molina's still here. I know she's doing an Arsenal chat at the same time. Being a woman, obviously, she can she can multitask. She can multitask I obviously. Think, uh, I think I, I'll translate for you there, Miss Molina. When when Julian said that Arsenal are in transition, what he meant was that Arsenal are shit, basically. So, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> yeah. And I think you speak a lot of the Arsenal... The... <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of uh, I I do have the uh, I do have the English to ex-footballer translation Bible here, you know, um, but but um, I think if you speak to a lot of Arsenal fans, I, I don't think they want to stick with uh, with Arteta. But hey, you know that that, that that's up to them. But. That is a very good point, and you, you brought it up here. We'll move on to uh, the next subject before we take a quick break, and that is the old um, ESL. Um, if, it, if it comes up, is it? There we go. I know it Tottenham, the last trophy they won was 2008. Since then, Leicester City have won the Premier League in fifteen sixteen, 16. And just in case Melina's still watching and she's forgotten, we've won the FA Cup uh, in uh, 2020 2021. Um, Craig, shouldn't mm. we have been invited?
1: Um, th- There's an argument. It's peak. <laughs> uh, th- there's an argument to say that we should have been, but I, I think they looked. Um I it it wouldn't have surprised me if Tottenham and Daniel Levy begged to be in that, to, to be honest, yeah. because I'm not sure, you know, they would have been invited. Um what what you've got and, and I would I would say this to to look at um for Leicester, any Leicester fans who are not sure in terms of how well we've done in the past couple of years.
0: Thank you, David.
1: Spurs. Spurs were a big club in the 60s. They've not been a big club since. The reason they've been invited is that they hung around the top six for about five, six, seven seasons in a row. They have a really good stadium and a great setup behind them. That's the only reason they've been in, in invited. We're on that journey. We're now hanging around the top six. We've done it for two seasons running. There's nothing to say that if that were to happen in three or four years' time, that ESL, that we wouldn't be invited because we have the infrastructure in place now, not necessarily the stadium, but the owners are looking to do that as well. What I would have hoped would be that if we were invited, our owner turned it down. That would be my Mm -hmm. wish, and I think he would have done. Yeah. Julian, I mean...
2: (laughs) the whole thing was probably the biggest disaster in football since ITV digital, wasn't it? (laughs) At least ITV digital lasted longer than that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for me, it's, you know, what kind of people do you want involved in football? Um, You know, at at the top. And I've said this for 20 years now, the people who own football clubs really don't have much grasp on you know the game itself how it's played and the ins and outs of it mm-hmm. uh very enthusiastic fans but we've now moved away from those kind of people to people who just come in and it's an investment and, and so the principal um you know topic for them is income uh and when mm-hmm. when you get into that the likes of this europe european league the it, it, it ticks their boxes because they know of the, the the money that it's going to bring in. And it's like, for me, it's like the worst reason to get involved in something, especially in football. It is in most walks of life, but particularly in football, you know, money should not be a motivator to do things. We've got a fantastic sport with a, a huge history. The Premier League is an absolutely amazing product. The Champions League is a fantastic product, and so we've got the Europa League supporting it. I, I really couldn't see why we would want to break away into something else that really just meant a lot of money. And talking about Spurs and, unfortunately, to Melina about Arsenal, is that they could have gone into that league and got beaten every week because right now they are not pulling up any daisies, you know, whatsoever. And it could have been a really, really bad experience. And I I think I agree with Craig with the reason why they invited, but I think also they seem to have they haven't got more financial clout than than us and our owners but we're not throwing we're not just going to throw money at something ridiculously we're building something over a period of time which is why we've got a good manager who i think would be an absolute idiot to leave us because he can he, he sees what what's happening around him and you can see how happy he is there and I think he'd be a fool to leave, and that's just another topic. But what we've got now is owners who are motivated by money and nothing else. They've got no idea of the history of the game, the history of the game in England, the history of the clubs that they actually own. They don't know that yeah. history. I don't think they just you know they come in and they own the club, and what can they do with it? You know, they've got all these franchises in America and you know wherever wherever else. So it makes my blood boil a bit, to be honest, because it's absolutely the opposite of what we want in in our game in England. I think it's Julian um,
2: Watts, ITV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I, th- I think the clubs in it, and I and I think I think you, you particularly um Arsenal and Spurs, you're right, Julian, uh, were naive to think that they wouldn't over a number of years turn out to be a divide in that as well. That the bigger clubs would get bigger and the bottom ones would, would start to fall away. Because that's how it works. You know, people want to be involved with success so the top players will want to be involved with the players that were uh, the teams that were near the top of that every year and there's gonna be you know someone has to finish bottom whether you get relegated or not somebody's being finished finishing near the bottom so the desire to join those teams would be fall away as well I think as soon as they had um no way in or out in terms of relegation and promotion it was it was a dead duck because people wouldn't get behind it and that is the fundamental thing of sport that you get your reward based on what you do on the pitch
2: i'm sorry tm i i, I forget you're in the chat and the spurs uh fan when we have a go at spurs <laughs> <laughs> having an arsenal and a spurs fan in here maybe <laughs> isn't the best idea but i mean it came and went very quickly craig let's be honest with you you've, you've had longer toilet breaks than that last year didn't haven't you <laughs> <laughs> is this your new running gag chris this is my new <laughs> running gag and i'll make yeah. it last at the end of the show yes oh, right. i'm feeling flushed <laughs> move on <And> i'm sorry <laughs> it's just it's just my toilet humor but no <laughs> it did <laughs> uh, daddy jokes at the best day eh? i mean it's it all joking aside it, it actually had the adverse effect that it brought all the fans together i mean you know, I can remember when when, when um, Chai passed in the helicopter accident. And that was amazing in the way that it brought fans from all the clubs together. You know, fans from clubs that we traditionally hated were there, yeah. you know, for us. And this did the same. This has brought sort of, you know, Leicester fans together with Arsenal fans. I mean, you know, we chat all the time on these different mm. channels and go on each other's uh, shows and what have you. And... You know this the way that it's brought the fans together it, it's just in a way it's, it's a good thing it's, it's the one good thing that's
1: come mm. out of it all true i mean if if anything that this season has shown us that football without fans is, is nothing it's it's mm. half the product uh if that you know it was bizarre being at the um at the game against Spurs and it being silent when the opposition scored even that was just an absolutely bizarre experience. You start looking around and thinking, "Did that actually go in?" Because there was no noise. I but think isn't, isn't, that, with, uh, isn't
2: that normal with Spurs, though?
1: Uh, no, it's, it's more more uh, more to do with Arsenal. I think that's um, the, okay. the the morgue or whatever it's called. Their ground. Um, I think uh, you know. I think even Gareth Bale forgot that there were no fans because he went running off to the corner flag where the fans were when he scored his last goal, but. <laughs> You know the fans make football, and it was great that they could all come together to fight. You know, not, not literally, but but to show their disagreement. Uh, and you know, I think there's going to be some fallout from it for, as there already has been, as you saw at Man United with the way that uh, yeah. that their fans reacted to their their own club's involvement in it. And uh, I know they're still talking about the uh, whether there's going to be a punishment um, for the clubs involved. I think at the end of it, uh, the Premier League will probably bottle that one, but uh, but it, it it did bring the, the fans together You're quite right, Chris. There, mm.
2: do you link? I mean, as as Craig mentioned, there, you know, there's all these rumours about what's going to happen to those six clubs, and you know, with, with with Spurs and Leicester, when we ended up fighting, would they get a points deduction because they were warned? You know, after the. A fight with 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 spurs in fifteen and sixteen and they've they 've had two warnings since, but Premier league aren 't going to start deducting points and if if they do it 's not going to be from the, from this season because everything 's finished now
0: yeah i mean i i think just as an ex player for me if you deduct points you you're punishing the fans, and it was the fans who rallied round and and made this you know ludicrous thing look ludicrous yeah. you know and i think i think what it has shown is um how, you know the, the passion of the fans was unbelievable. It shows how out of touch the owners of these clubs are with the fans uh, mm. and the clubs. But I feel like, you know, probably a, a points deduction might be right. But then I think then you're just punishing the fans and probably harming the game because there's always been well we would have won the league if that and you know if we had those points. So I think a financial. I've got no problem with a financial or transfers. You know, a transfer mm. ban uh, for for a window or, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. so but I would like to see them get punished, and you know, the Premier League say, You know, what we're really not chuffed with what you did, and it was absolutely ridiculous. And you, you need at least a hefty slap on the wrist. But the points I, I don't agree with, but other, other there are other means that they could go down that route. Of. The,
2: this is yeah, the I'm... time when the F, FA can stand up and, and show that it's got teeth, Craig.
1: Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm 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 on the fence about the uh, about the points deduction, Julian. Um, yeah. Mainly because I think I'm not sure the money would make any difference right, to we'll these do. owners. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree no. Um, and I think if if the points deduction was for one season, let's say they were docked ten points, still I don't think any of those six clubs would be anywhere near a relegation battle. No. But it would make it harder for them to get into a competition they didn't want to be part of let's you know let's not forget that mm. and it would give those fans a chance to walk in the shoes of every other fan who were striving to make their way up the league so I think it would be interesting for one season but you know so I don't necessarily think that the fans would be hurt too much because i can't I couldn't see anybody getting relegated on the back of it the only thing i would say that if it was monetary that that money was given down the leagues yeah. that that was not taken into the FA but that was distributed to League Two, League One, you know, to help those clubs uh, who were the bedrock of, of the football pyramid. And, you know, t- players from the, the higher teams come from the lower leagues, you know, that, and so many players who don't make it through the academies end up in the lower league. So, you know, to just talk about um, the Premier League in, in its own right, I think they have a duty of care to the lower leagues because that's where so many of their their academy players end up playing. You know, they, they, very few actually make it. So that structure has to be there to give those players somewhere to go and play. So if it was monetary, I'd like to see it filtered down into the lower leagues.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that is a good point. But that is good. But I, I like. I do like Julian's idea, maybe of a transfer van, because mm, uh, yeah, they yeah. might have to use some of the younger players. We'll take a quick break—only ten seconds, Craig. So you have got time to nip to the loo, and we'll be right back. Uh, right back after this.
1: Leicester till I die. TV, home of the FA Cup winners.
2: I think that worked. So, just as a little reminder for for Melina there, but but yes, we did it. We did it the first time in our history. We are FA Cup winners. 50-odd years of hurt, um, not quite as the song went since we, we last had an attempt at it, but we are no longer the biggest club not to have won it. Um, yeah. You know, we are still the team that's been in it the most <laughs> without winning it. But hey, with the fact that we've won it, there's a couple of albatrosses off the back there. Do you still pinch yourself, Julian, and think, I, did I see that?
0: No, no, I think we were well worthy. Uh, the game, I think, panned out as I thought it was. I thought Chelsea would have the upper hand early doors and have a bit of possession, uh, but I think we really, really grew into the game and I thought second half we were by far the better team and when the Chelsea goal went in, so disappointed. Um, and, and then obviously it gets disallowed, which was uh, obviously good for us and, and not for them. But I, I thought we we managed, even when Chelsea were on top, I thought we managed that really, really well. They didn't have too many clear-cut chances. Uh, and like I say, we grew and as the game went on, I just thought we looked better and better and fully deserved it. Uh I just thought it was a fantastic day. Great day to be a Leicester fan.
2: Yeah. I mean I I was watching it with my son. I know you were there, Craig. And when that second goal went in, I was, believe it or not, all joking aside, on the toilet. And (laughs) I heard him I heard his moans from the lounge and I'm like seriously you know you winding me up because I've nipped off to the toilet came back but when that goal was disallowed I think our we, we, our chair was bigger than um bigger than the one that
1: when we scored it was it was it was unbelievable I mean um being at the ground it was it was almost heartbreaking because you knew that all the subs that had been made they had virtually all of their attacking players on weed sort of thrown all our defensive-minded players on and you thought if that goal Mm -hmm. had stood it was going to be really hard for us to get another goal uh and that that was the immediate thought was you know the only way we we're going to get through this is to go to uh to penalties so uh good old var for coming to our our rescue but i think the, the reaction was typical of the whole game you know the chelsea fans
0: you
1: know and and we're a little bit blasé. You know, they've been there so many times in recent years. It becomes almost a second home. I think they've been in four of the five last cup finals. So it was nothing special to them. So it was quite fitting that I think that that we won We won for the so-called smaller clubs. And it actually meant so much, um, not only to to the fans, but also, as you could see, to the owner. Um, that yes. it's something that he really wanted for his dad
2: the 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 first time since 2013 that the game was the fa cup was played before the end of the season julian and that was the season when wigan beat manchester city so may, maybe this playing it before the end of the season is good for the uh, good for the underdogs
0: It looks like it, but uh, I think it's a bit of a shame. I think we talked about it on a previous show that, you know, the FA Cup when I was a young lad was always like the icing on the cake at the end of the season. The season was done. Everyone knew where they'd finished. And then we looked forward to quite a big day. So a little bit disappointing in in my head as a a football person that, you know, it it turned out that way. But, you know, the fact that we won it, obviously we're not going to change that for anything. No.
2: No no I mean I, I said exactly the same it should be the end of the season but I'm not complaining now you know and uh, we all remember don't we craig you know the old um, question of sport FA Cup final special FA Cup final it's a knockout old uh, Gerald Sinstat with his microphone roving microphone on the on the coaches on the way to Wembley
1: e, those were the days eh they were you. You were just uh, you sat down in the morning, and that was it. You were you were done for the day, yeah. weren't you? Until the exactly, until the end yes. of the game.
2: Yes, I mean you know when we started out against Stoke, we won four nil. You know we you you had no idea that it was gonna it was gonna end up like this, did we?
1: No, and um, just as, as an aside, I think I think James Justin was a little bit hard done to not to get goal of the season for that uh, for that opener against Stoke because that was a stunning goal from a from a fullback, yeah. to be honest but no you didn't think did you you know we you know we we had what you would call classic FA Cup uh, banana skins because uh, I think we followed it up with uh, Brentford didn't we um, yes so yeah. you know it wasn't an easy route I know people touched on we hadn't played um, any Premier League teams but in the end you know we beat Manchester United and Chelsea so you know it wasn't it wasn't the easiest of routes to the final I think we did it the hard way but the consistency of performance all the way through the FA Cup was uh, was really good. Uh, you know, we pushed it a little bit against Brighton, didn't we, with that late winner, but... Um but overall was it was saying, a
2: fantastic journey. We were like 2 minutes away from not winning the FA Cup with yeah. that, weren't we? But uh, but, Drilling, we still had uh, we had 3 Premier League teams in there and you know I yeah. know you know you say as Craig says quite rightly we had the banana skins of um Stoke and Brentford who you know in in themselves Brentford playoff finalists this year yeah. could be playing them next season in, in in the league. So it wasn't the easiest run in by any stretch of the imagination.
0: It wasn't. And I mean, and the FA Cup is an absolute classic for, for, you know, for teams slipping up when you don't expect them to. I mean, every year that we watch the FA Cup, they'll look back at all, you know, all the 1-0s and the Ronnie Radfords and, you know, and all the old clips that we've seen over and over again. And the what makes, it, Yeah, what <laughs> makes the FA Cup absolutely fantastic, though. And I yeah. think, you know, as a, as a club, when you're in a Premier League club, you i don't i don't know if the staff target winning but as a player, you just think you know we'd like to go as far as we can go and then you get to that mm. interesting point when you're near the quarterfinals and all of a sudden there's a bit of realism kicks in and you, you can start to get a bit excited about it but and, and at that point we came up against the toughest of opponents so you know like i say if you can beat if you can win a cup and on the way you've beat united at United and chelsea I think you've mm. done well mm-hmm
2: I hope you're watching this, Melina, because we're talking about the FA Cup here, you know, the winners, winners. So um, she's going to kill me. She really is. She she might be coming to London to study. So um, good luck with your decision on that, Melina. And if you do, give me notice so I can leave the country and hide from you. (laughs) But uh, Now, guys, we'll move on to the next topic. And I gave you notice that we're going to do this. So hopefully maybe you've you've had a thought. player of the season it's a tough one we know it's been awarded by the club and those are you know those are just examples of players that i've put up there that i think could have been in with a chance but uh, come to you first craig who, who would your choice been? <laughs> of... <laughs> <laughs> you're cheaper than julian um <laughs> who uh, who are you
1: who who did you uh, plump for well it, it it was it was a tough one i think there was a few players that needed uh, needed a mention i think you know if he hadn't have got injured i think James Justin would have been right up there because you know for two thirds of the season he, he he was fantastic you know didn't matter what position you put him in. He was like a breath of fresh air. He was so positive in everything that he did. Uh, he made the step up from Luton, you know, unbelievably well. And uh, I think if he'd have carried on in that vein, I think he'd have romped it, to be honest. And uh, yeah. uh, but so sadly for him, but hopefully we'll get him back uh, next season. Uh, Schmeichel, maybe towards the, the second half of the season, some saves that were, were just phenomenal and kept us in yeah. kept us in games. Um, uri I think Yuri's uri, probably the easy I don't want to preempt you Julian but I think Yuri's probably the the easy pick in many ways because I think his level of consistency uh, throughout the season he's got more noticeable people have you know noticed him more I think in the final third of the season with his goals against man United in the cup uh, some of his passing has been phenomenal um, in the latter games uh, and then with the cup final goal I think his stock has risen but I'm just going to give it to Kalechi purely because when it looked like we were in a bit of a hole, you know, the guy just stepped up, you know, I don't think anybody would have thought of the number of of, uh, goals that he would have got for us. I know you can say over over a season, if Tielemans hadn't played well, we wouldn't have finished where we were and possibly wouldn't have won the cup. But I think definitely without Kalechi stepping up in the final third of the season we wouldn't have got anywhere near getting to the last game of the season uh, and still being in with a shout of it. And I looked at some Mm. stats. You know, the season's average in terms of goal uh, involvements, goals and assists, he's averaging one a game, which is phenomenal, to be honest, uh, at any level. So, uh, for me, I'm just going to sneak it and give it to Kelechi. That, I wasn't
2: expecting a bit like the Spanish Inquisition for those of you that are old enough to remember it. No nobody expects it. Um Julian
0: I'm just going to go for the easy option obviously. But... <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I mean I take on board what Craig says. I think it's one of the, it was probably a bit of a turning point in the season when they played to uh yeah Kalichi and Vardy together, and all of a sudden mm. the goals mm. come and things clicked, and the, the formation had to change because of the injuries, you know, with Barnes out, etc. So it, it was a like a, probably a pivotal uh, part of the season. I mean, other players, I mean, I know Casper Schmeichel will be so disappointed about the last game of the season. Uh, I think he is for me, I wouldn't swap him for any keeper in the Premier League at the moment. No. I think he's been absolutely amazing, great servant to the club as well. And you can see he's got the club running through his veins. He's, uh, a massive club man, really bought into everything that we do. Love Johnny Evans. Farnham been fantastic, you know, yeah. but with his youth, you do get – mentioned this a few times this season – you do get the odd mistakes here and there and quite out of position sometimes. That just comes with games and experience, which, he, you know, he's gaining that week on week. Um, I mean, the reason I'd go with Tielemans, it's not just like the pleasing on the eye stuff. If, you, if you're sort of watching him when the ball's not with him, he's, mm-hmm. he's actually still – Man of the match for me. He's directing mm-hmm. traffic. He's pulling people around all the time. If anyone's on the ball, he's available. So he just keeps us ticking over. And that's how Brendan wants to play. He wants us to pass. Mm-hmm. Short, sharp, crisp passes. He makes himself mm-hmm. available all the time. He's a bit. He's, he's a better player for me than Jordan Henderson. But I've always liked Jordan Henderson. Even though people think he's, he's quite an ordinary player, he's always available and he keeps the team ticking mm-hmm. over. And he's a great mix in that mm-hmm. Liverpool squad. And I think Yuri's a fantastic mix. Uh, in this squad, and we would we would miss him sorely uh, if if he's not playing. And I think again with the players, he needs the players around him that he's got. You know, indeed, mm-hmm. for me, would grace. I think any team in the in in the Premier League at what he does, he's a yeah. fantastic central defensive midfield player. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't see many better. You know, maybe Roderick at Man City, but uh, so Tillingham has got this support, but at his young age. he he understands the game like you'd expect him to be 30 and been playing for years in champions league and premier league titles. He seems to have that experience inside him already. Very, very clever. Um, And he he must be great for the other players to have on the pitch. And Mm -hmm. just, that's why I'd go for him, not just what he does on the ball, but everything he does when he's not got the ball. Well, I'm
2: not going to go for the easy option because I (laughs) sat down with this one and it's probably, I think both of you will probably agree with this. It's, It's, As long as I can remember, probably the hardest season to actually pick one player out as Mm. player of the season. Um, and I've got to say, you know, there's so many, you know, like we were saying, with honourable mentions there. And I did come very, very close to giving it to Casper because, like you say, it's just he is Leicester City. You know, we know I know we always call Alan Birchnell Mr. Leicester City, but Casper's like the heir to the throne, if you like. I mean, the way he went and and got top down to make sure he was on the pitch and celebrating yeah. with us all, and it's that sort of thing. And and he has made saves, like you say, yes. You know, goalkeepers make mistakes. Of course they do. But, you know, he, he's that much in credit with the saves that he's made, that have kept us in games, earned us points, won us finals with, with some of his saves. It, it's amazing. And he was very close. But I might be a little bit controversial here because I'm not actually going to go on the full season. And I'm actually going to go for a player who was injured and therefore didn't play the full season. But I think for the time that he was playing... I think he was absolutely unbelievable. You've already mentioned him, Craig, and that's James Justin. Yeah. And I think the fact that he's come through, he's a young player. You know, a couple of seasons ago he was playing at Luton in I don't know whether they were in the third tier then or the they've been in the second and they've gone down. But you know, he did everything that was asked for him and more. Uh I, I like a lot of our players, like Vafana, you know, old for his years and, and yeah. you know, wise for his years. Not unlike yourself, Craig, and he. Um, I just think it's a shame that he got injured, uh, but taking it for the time that he played, for me, my personal choice, I, I'd have to go for James Justin because I just think, like you know, I can't add any more to what you said about him earlier, Greg.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's good that we've all gone for someone different, and we left the easy one to Julian. Um, uh yes. you know, but <laughs> you 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 know what I what I think of Tieleman's um Chris, you know, and yeah. uh, I know you've only been on with me a couple of times, uh Julian, but I liken him to uh and I'm gonna say it again, Chris, he's the quarterback on the pitch for me. You know, <laughs> I've been waiting, I was and, uh, timing yeah. it. <laughs> was but he is, it. he does, you know, everything you said, Julian, I, I agree with everything goes through him, he's like the manager on the pitch. Yeah. You do see him, you know, you do see him pulling and, and pushing people around. Um he's he's intelligent, and I think that's what makes the difference between good players and great players. Every player, if you're playing at that level, you you should have, you know, football skills. It's the intelligence that takes you to the next level. And he's he's a really, really clever and intelligent player. And if we can hang on to him for another one or two seasons, then I think it's great for us. I think he's destined for uh, for for bigger places. Intelligence.
2: That's why I've not moved on from this level. That's what it is. <laughs> Ju- Julian, captain. I mean, you know, we've mentioned captains before. Um, Schmeichel, no criticism of him. It's just not my personal choice to have a captain as a goalkeeper. Uh, but Tielemans is very... He's not a Roy Keane, you know, he's not that sort of a captain. And whether you can have that sort of a captain these days or not is questionable. You know, he's very much sort of a David Beckham sort of captain. He leads by example. You know, he has a quiet word rather than a, a yelling. But, you know, like Craig said, you know, he does... To quote Craig, he's like that quarterback on the pitch. You know, he is. I can't believe I quoted you there, Craig. (laughs) Um, It had to happen. It had to happen.
0: Could you see him as a future captain? Of course. I've just seen a a comment Mm. from a David S who who just said the same thing. And I do agree. I'm not Mm. a fan of keepers being, you know, captain on the pitch. I just think that... um, for me, if you, if you wanted Casper to be the captain, I think, yeah, make him club captain, as, as Wes has been. Uh, but, yeah. you know, on that pitch, it, it, for me, it's got to be Yuri. But having said that, some players, they, they don't mind that fight. I mean, we always talk in our day that you should have, like, 11 captains on the pitch. But yeah. there are people yeah. who haven't got that personality. There are people just just will know the game, but they just get on with the game and they'll listen to anything else and they don't really, you know, say a deal. And when someone's naturally got it, you really want them to come to the fore and i think you know that that's what he does so yeah i mean like you know i think as wes has gone casper you know great choice for club captain but yeah i'd like yeah. to see someone i like to see someone on the pitch who's actually in the midst of everything that's going off and can really see it close at hand to be the one giving the directions and i th- i really do think he does it perfectly
2: that leads us very nice people, people might start to think that this show is actually organized here because it very neat, which it totally isn't believe you me. It leads us nicely on to the next um, thing. And I, and I'm interested in Craig's view because Craig was Mm. at the match, but it was strange that a player did what Yuri did or, Mm -mm. and I haven't seen it, but allegedly did at the end of the game when they're not leaving. Um, is this goodbye,
1: Yuri Craig? It was. Uh, it, it, it's difficult. You, you can read it two ways, and I'd like to read it more of a positive way. But I remember saying, all at the end of the game, all the players did the usual handshaking, and then they all went in because they knew they were coming back out with the cup. Even mm. then, Yuri stayed out and went around the pitch, um, clapping all the fans. And then when he had to come back out to collect that. Um, Player of the Year award. You could see that he was he was emotional. He was upset. So you can you can read it as a goodbye. If I've got my positive hat on, you can read it as just really being disappointed, like like all the fans are that we didn't get over the line that we put so much into it and we didn't get over the line. And I like to think that that was it. That that was what he was thinking. That's what he was feeling at the time. And almost that walk around was an apology of sorts mm. that we didn't get it over the line. There's going to be suitors have, for have him, you... I think. Yeah. Sorry, Chris.
2: No, carry on, Chris. Sorry. Yeah,
1: there's definitely going to be suitors for him. Um, and I think, you know, if he has a good Euros as well, that, that's even going to make it even worse. Mm. I think the good thing is that we've got him on a, on a contract. I know we're trying to improve it and give him a better contract. Wouldn't it be great for all Leicester fans that going into the Euros, he signs that contract? That would be fantastic for all of us. So I don't think we'd let him go on the cheap. I think what this no. is, is a real test of Brendan's manager uh, managerial talent and also mm. his relationship with Top. Because if you saw at the end of the, the cup final, when he came down, Top and Yuri had a really big embrace as well. So I think Top realises how important Yuri is. And I think yuri has got that respect for top. You would like to think in this day and age that with all that's gone on with the ESL, that actually means something and that counts for something uh, and that he would hang around for at least another season. Julian, I mean,
2: he's already turned Man United down for us when when, when we signed him permanently. Uh, We do know we are no longer a selling club. And, you know, I, I've been on various Arsenal and Tottenham forums talking about managers and players that might leave us and go to them because of who they are and their history. But, you know, if anybody wants him, we're not, you know, we know, you know, Maguire, Chilwell, we we will sell players. But, you know, if somebody comes in and offers us 100 million for, for Tielemans, as good as he is, you're not going to turn it down, are you?
0: Uh, no, you're not, and it's, you know it's a ridiculous amount of money, and it, it raises all sorts of questions. Mm. And you know, I, I agree with Craig. I hope he signs his contracts and stays. And I'm not sure mm. where he would go that would benefit him as a footballer. Mm. And sometimes, like I said, we've talked about the owners before. Sometimes it's the the pound notes that sway people. And Uh, In this day and age, with the contracts that are currently on, you know the pound note shouldn't even be a consideration. It should be what's best for my football. Would it be wanting to play Champions League football next season? It's again, it's a it's a sentiment that I've never agreed with. footballers saying they want Champions League football and they deserve Champions League football. You know, I just think you can be at a club. You can be well thought of by everybody at the club, managers, owners, fans, everything. And you can take yourself into a totally different scenario with a team that plays differently, a manager that's, you know, different to what you're used to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the money's a compensation then, but do you really enjoy the football as much as you were? I think Mm -hmm. right now he's enjoying himself and I think he needs to think really hard about whether he'd like to change, you know, the situation that he's in now. Um, But. Obviously, people do get their heads turned by the bigger clubs. And and that's the unfortunate thing for us at the moment, because we would need an awful lot of investment to be, you know, really on a level peg with, you know, the bigger clubs around us. I think it's uh,
1: a a good, sorry, Chris, I think it's a good point that that he makes. Particularly at this stage of his career where he's just being noticed, he needs to be playing. And then you look around at the teams, particularly in the Premier League, where he may go. Would he he get into the Manchester United side when they have Pogba and Fernandes? You would think one of those would have to give way. Um, Would he get in the Manchester City side? I think he's good enough. He's not going to dislodge Kevin De Bruyne. The way that um, Pep likes to play, he likes to have that holding midfielder. That's not really Yuri's thing. I think he's good enough to get in that team. Whether he would and whether he would play enough, I'm not sure. Chelsea, I don't think, would suit him. So, I think he's limited in terms of the number of players that uh, places that he could go. I think he's a ready-made replacement for Wijnaldum at Liverpool, which, for me, would be the the most uh, dangerous one out of all of them in, in terms of whether somebody came for him. But you're right, you've only got to mention somebody like, let's say, Donny van der Beek, who had a fantastic um, last few seasons at Ajax has gone into uh, Man United and it's just not worked for him. I can assure you, I don't know the guy, but let me say, okay, I can guess that the fact that Manchester United in the Premier League uh, is in the Champions League doesn't make van der Beek feel any better about his prospects next season.
2: Julian, we're in a position where we didn't make Champions League, so people are saying to us, like, oh, we're not going to be able to attract the big stars and, you know, the players that we wanted to go for, Aren't going to come to us, but looking at Leicester, I mean, last time in the Premier, you know, we were in the Champions League. Uh, Ranieri went out and signed some real duffers, and you know, we've we've still got some of them on the books now that are you know coming back on loan. I, I keep thinking we'd sold Gazelle, but apparently we only got we only got rid of him on loan for a season. But you know, so there's these players that we've we, we're stuck with, and buying big, buying spending a lot of money doesn't always guarantee. That you're going to get decent players. And you know, you're not telling me that Fafana, you know, Fafana came to us, we weren't in the Champions League. You know, all these players in the past, Tillemans, um, Castagna, they all came to us, although the fact that we're not in the Champions League. And I don't think it with with our scouting system and the fact that we can go and find players like Fafana and players like that, it doesn't make a difference whether
0: in the Europa the Champions or whatever. No, but I think you sort of have to look at that type of player. And I'm not talking them down at all, because they're all excellent players that you've just mentioned. But the the young and up and coming, they're not established. And, you know, that's probably where I think the recruitment at Leicester City has been absolutely unbelievable. Because we can all see someone and see some ability in someone, you know, Mm -hmm. can can he take it to that next level? And it seems that everyone we've recruited can do. You know, look at Justin coming from Luton. He does not look at a place when he's playing, and obviously, you know, again, you, you've picked him as your player of the season, and you know, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with it. I, I agree with what you said about the periods that you know he was in the team, but our recruitment has been based on those that we can see going to the next stage, and it, it can't be looked that every, you know, that all the signings seem to have stepped up, uh, you know, into that category. And the problem for us is that when they do become established in a team that's finishing fifth. In the, in the Premier League, so obviously very competitive. It's won the FA Cup, it's qualified for the Europa League. That is when we have the problem of, you know, the so-called bigger clubs coming in for them. With Tielemans, I wouldn't know why he would go to anyone other than, you know, I'd rule out, um, you know, Arsenal and, and, and Tottenham because, again, the, the, I don't feel like they're going to have a good season next year. They're not even prepared for next season, you know, whereas we are. Talking about Man City, I, I sort of agree with Craig, he'd get in. But, I mean, I've got to be honest, I, the Rodri, Gundogan and De Bruyne trio is, is like, unbelievable. Mm. So, I think when he decided to come to us instead of Man United, he probably looked at that and thought, where am I going to get my opportunities? And yeah. and, and that's also something I think players should think of, and they probably don't, is the fact that he would have talked to Brendan, he would listen to Brendan and say, Brendan's great at talking to players. Uh, He's sold him the dream he's took the dream and, it, and it's worked out fantastically for him. Uh, and that's something he really ought to think about again, as is, is the fact that, he, you know, he's only 23 years of age. So I think he'd be a fool to look at anywhere else in England, if I'm honest. And, you know, maybe if one of the big, you know, European clubs came in from that might be a consideration to go and look at that for him. But right now, you know, for him, he, he's he's in a fantastic place, at a club that most fans up and down the country envy Leicester City and the club that it is and what it represents and stands for and what we're achieving, you know, uh, season after season. So, for me, sign a new contract, Yuri, get your head down, let's see what the next couple of seasons come. And, uh, you know, in two years' time, he's going to be 25, 26, coming not even at his peak. And if he wants the big move, you know, it's going to come for him. Yeah. Craig... I mean Leicester City
2: have this knack of going out buying players you know reasonably at good value and selling them on for for vast amounts of money when these mm-hmm. other big clubs if they had decent scouting networks they could do that themselves I mean Man United could have paid was it 90 million that we played paid for Maguire um yeah. instead they didn't go for him and they paid 80 million because they they seem to be lazy and can't be bothered to do the proper scouting that we're doing. But is it the way forward for Leicester? Is it to buy the players like Fafana, like Justin, that are young and hungry and show great potential or going out a, a la Jose and buying the mm. ready-made player at three or four times as much money?
1: I think we, I think we have to be realistic about who we are as a club. And, um, and for me, it, we, we're doing it the right way. Um, I think, you could say that the, the the bigger clubs are lazy, but I think mm. in their the way they are run and, and what's on the line for them in terms of their money, I think they're just reluctant to take a chance. I think that's that's what it is. Um, so they use almost you know, the clubs like Leicester to give these players two or three years of, of Premier League experience and then they accept that they're going to have to pay more, but they're not taking the risk. You know, Mm. Manchester United in particular, I mean, I don't think what's happened in the last season is going to to change that. You could say they've taken a risk with Van der Beek. That's not worked out. That's going to make them reluctant to probably do the same again. The only one that they probably took a risk on was young uh, Daniel James, I think, is from Swansea, and that's not really worked out either. So I think our model for the size of club we are right now is the right way to go. Get, spot the talent, the talent that's hungry, that wants a stage and we're we're perfectly or the perfect club to give them that stage because they're not going to be in a relegation battle. Mm -hmm. They're they're at the right end of the Premier League. They get the opportunity to show how good they are. And then when the time comes, as Julian said, when you're in your prime, then you can make your big move. The thing that we've got to try and do is, is take that next step. So we are getting ourselves in the Champions Leagues on a regular basis. But right now, I think our, our our method, our project is the perfect way to go and we should continue to do it. And you know very well that we're probably already looking for the next Uri mm,
0: Yeah, I think on the and, back of that as well, is that, you know, the Man United and the, the, the other bigger clubs, supposedly bigger clubs, the pressure on their managers mm. when they're actually, everything they do is under the spotlight. And so when they sign a player, for them, there can't be any risk And, you know, Mm -hmm. Fafana would have been a risk. Telemans would have been a risk. You know, James Justin would certainly have been a risk. Uh, We've had faith in these players, knowing that we can bring them through. And they've they've absolutely performed and not looked out of place at that level. But if someone like Solskjaer does that at Man United and it doesn't work out, the first thing that people look at is, well, you signed him. And then there's also this accountability uh, of of you as a manager. And that's why I think they go for... You know, tried and tested, which means they're normally spending money on people twenty-five plus, and sometimes Mm. maybe have gone, you know, a bit bit over the top or you know past the best. Uh, Mm. But that's the pressure they're under. And right now, I agree with you, Craig. We're we're in that position where what we're doing is perfectly good. One day, maybe we might have a bit more buying power and a bit more funds when we are Champions League regular. But right now, you know what they're doing on the recruitment side is absolutely perfect for this. You know, the stability of the club.
2: Very ki- kindly there, Julie, leading me on to our last topic. <laughs> I'll send you the check. You're doing me, you're doing well for me here. Um, and that is Craig's team. Oh, no, no, it's not. Sorry, that's the wrong show. Sorry. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the wrong show. Talking about managers being under pressure, um... What next for Brendan? I mean, you know, you can see the pictures there. The players seem to love him or maybe they were hoping they might drop him. Actually. I don't know, but top and, and, and Brendan hugging there. Um, He's being linked. As I guess, you know, we've got to remember. I suppose Leicester is Leicester, and you know, we're getting linked. All our players are going to be linked. We're going to be left with a five-a-side team as normal if the papers are, are right. Uh, Brendan's being linked with Spurs, and there was the old conspiracy theory that if Spurs beat us, we wouldn't be in the Champions League, so it'd be easy for them to get him off us. Um, we just spoke. Sp- we just spoke. We just spoke about Yuri possibly going. Could you see Brendan going in this uh, this summer?
1: No, not at all. I don't, I don't think I don't think there's any chance of him going um, at all, to be honest. I mean, one, I don't... You know, for the real big clubs, and uh, I apologise to TM to, to and Melina, at, as it stands at the minute, Arsenal and Spurs are not in that bracket. You know, they've got rebuilding jobs to do. The bigger clubs, you know, they're pretty well set... Um, you know, Brendan hasn't proved himself enough yet for me. Let's not forget, in Premier League terms, Brendan's still, you know, quite a youthful manager in terms of the number of time uh, years and seasons he's had here. He had a little bit with Swansea. You know, the rest of his, uh, and the time at Liverpool, obviously, which, you know, he's almost had to rebuild his reputation that he did with Celtic and now with us. I think, as Yuri would be almost foolish to move, I think Brendan Wood is in a fantastic position. He's got all the facilities he wants. He's got, he's got a chairman who listens to him and trusts him. You know, he's not like a Daniel Levy who wants to make all the decisions himself or remote um, owners in the States. It's, it's a perfect scenario for Brendan to build something here and he would be absolutely foolish to go anywhere else i think he's got a big season coming up because or a big close season because when all all of our players are fit somehow he's got to get that jigsaw right you know the formation that we we stumbled across was almost uh you know just because of the players that we had left when you've got james justin back fully fit when you've got harvey barnes fully fit he's 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 got to try and find a way to get all of these players gelled into a a, a team that works. So it's a big Mm -hmm. season for him. And and I I think he'd be foolish to go anywhere else.
2: Molina... Uh, agreeing with, uh, with with somebody there, that that's a first, and uh, and yeah, I think we do recall that we won the FA Cup. But you know, thanks for <laughs> thanks for reminding us again. You know, one you will you will you will come back. It might not be in my lifetime, Melina, but Arsenal will <laughs> will come back. <laughs> um Brendan, I think he's got to tread carefully because he's come back down here to 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 win things to prove himself at this level uh yes i mean he did what he did in scotland um it was you know he he had a fantastic record up there but celtic Rangers, well st johnson at the moment with the cups but they're always going to do well um and of course for a lot of the time rangers were sort of in the lower divisions because of the punishment so he's, he's having to prove himself yeah he's got the fa cup so that's a little bit of proof he's got in there but he's got to be careful he doesn't leave too quickly and he gets that reputation you know he left celtic to come to us early and i totally understand because i think he learned so much more in those 10 games than a load of pre-season friendlies um but he has got to be careful and you know if he jumps ship now and, and no disrespect to them gets an Arsenal or a tottenham if he says you know stays in, in three or four years time we've been in the champions league positions every season maybe one another, another trophy he could actually go to
0: bigger clubs than them abroad um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Craig. He'd be a compl- an absolute mug if he left Leicester right now. It's it's the the support he's got, not just from obviously all of us and the you know the players he's got, the players on his team, the owners on his team. Everything is really geared for him to, you know. It's still a work in progress for him. You have got to bear in mind that yeah, he, he did really well at Swansea, but that Swansea were never going to be a Leicester. So it was probably mm. right that he moved on from that because he did a cracking job. But then he's had the harshness of a Liverpool. You know, he's been to one of the clubs that was in this ESL and that's how owners deal with people, you know. And for me, I thought they cut him really short when they let him go and he's had to go away to Celtic, you know, uh, and, and then come back and, like you say, reinvent himself down here. But he's there's nowhere for me that he can go that can actually enhance what he's already done. Um, and, you know, I say it again about the way the owners are supporting the club and him. He'll not have that, I don't think, ever again in his managerial career, because I don't know anyone like you know, the owners of Leicester. They just absolutely set themselves apart uh, from every other owner. And that's why I say people look at us with absolute envy, wishing that they had people running the club like they do. So... Again, to leave that behind and go back to a scenario like he had at Liverpool where he came close, didn't get over the line, and next minute he's out of the door. I don't even know why you'd invite that when you've got something that now that he's got the chance to build and he's building, and we're still we're still building as we go and it's ongoing and it's positive and it's getting better season after season. It might be only slight improvements every season, but he has got the tools now to really show people what a great manager and coach he is. And he's doing that at the moment. And while he is doing it, I don't know why he'd, that, why he'd change that environment. It's both of you here.
2: Either or, it's just a great time to be a Leicester fan, isn't it? Absolutely. It is. Yes, it is indeed. Guys, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it was not a bad season, like I said right at the start. You know, we, we, to be honest with you, we, we've had worse. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't going to talk
0: about when I played, Chris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. But but, funnily enough, you have agreed to do a one to one, so we can talk about when you played. <laughs> that will
1: come
0: up long in there. five minutes, long, Chris, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, let I'm, me know I'm when that is. That-
1: let me know when that is, Chris, because I want to be on with my questions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, i trying to put a highlights little list down here as well. So, um, but I, I, I'm there at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Julian, <I'm> joking. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Julian, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you giving your well, golf yeah. up to date for us. And. and um, I will speak to you sort of uh, over the next day or so, and we'll get a date arranged when we can uh, do do that show. Thanks no very much, All the best to you and your family. Thanks, Thanks for you everything guys. you've done this season. It's been brilliant. It I knew we'd have a drink. I knew we'd have i a... <laughs> I'm sorry if you let me know next time. I'll stick a you know stick a few more breaks in for you.
1: See. <laughs> 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 I just, I, I just want to know. I just want to know if that uh, dishwasher's been emptied this time. <laughs> <laughs> that's my only job that I've
0: got I, I normally fail at that so I'm in the doghouse again
2: <laughs> yeah. Julian Watts the Paul going of Leicester City what can I say <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that note Julian all the best to everybody thanks for everything this season. I mean, stay, I mean, yeah, stay safe always. and I'll speak to you in a, yeah. a, in a day so cheers, thank guys. you, Bye-bye. you. bye Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. Cheers. cheers thank you uh, He's off to have a well deserved drink there, I think. And I think that, I don't think that was a tonic water by any chance, do you, Craig? No, no a bit yeah. like yours.
1: You're, you're fooling no one, Chris, with yours.
2: <laughs> what do you mean? That is water. What else would I have in a bottle like that?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: we know. <laughs> yeah, we know. Craig, the, my wise old sage, thank you so much. And, um,
1: Pleasure as we, always. We, we,
2: we, We've got shows planned during the during the summer, so I will be in touch, obviously. We're, we're hopefully doing two a, two a week at the most. We're going to try and slow things down a little bit and um, have a break. It was great last night. I was actually able I, I went, I, I, I got comfy, left the computer <laughs> off, left my phone in here and just watched an episode or two of Vikings. So it was, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> we love football, but, yeah, yeah. but at the end of the season is always good, isn't it?
1: Uh, you you know you're you're in demand anyway, you'll be on talk sport and god knows what. So I'm sure you'll be busy, Chris.
2: <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I will remember you though, sir. I will remember you. Cheers, Craig, <laughs> thanks very much, mate. Take care, stay safe. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Chris. Bye, everyone. Cheers. goodbye. Thanks to Craig there, our wise old sage. Yes, Michael, I, I do like a tipple of gin. Um, it has been known to pass my lips. Um, it's more known actually not to even touch the lips and just go straight down some days. I'll tell you, but we won't go there. We won't go there. Thanks to Mel for uh, popping in and uh, modding for me in the chat. Um, Mel. Yeah. Yeah. Mel. Yeah. Okay. Won't mention it again till tomorrow. (laughs) Guys. Thanks so much. We're actually going to be back on um, Thursday. At seven o'clock, we're going to be doing a, a rate the players. So, um, that's something to look forward to. We're going to take look at each player, see how they've done all season, and give them a rating and see whether they're good, bad, indifferent, or should we get rid of them, basically. So, that's going to come Thursday, seven o'clock, live. Um, just need to dot the uh, I's and cross the T's with that one. Um, and if you want to uh catch up, um, just trying to get rid of michael's comment there um don't know why it won't go if you do want to catch up with us there we go we are on facebook uh lester till i die tv please 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 give us a uh a, a like and a subscribe we would be loving you forever but if you want to listen to us rather than watch us and be honest with you i don't blame you we're not oil paintings there, are we? You can listen to the podcast of our shows on Anchor FM, Google, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. If you've got a smart spe- speaker, just say play Lester Little I Die podcast, and it should do that for you. Um, just give us about an hour to, to upload each show after we finish Guys, thanks very much for tuning in. Wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be worth doing it without you. It's been great. Uh, Thanks to Julian. Thanks to Craig. I'll see you Thursday at 7 with the player review of the season. Stay safe.
0: Cheers. Hello. Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football
1: Club. Thanks for watching Leicester till I die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
2: Some people are on the pitch they think it's all over. It is battle.